Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, new episode of What's Up with Danny coming at you. Uh, it is Sunday, September 15th, 2019. Uh, today's episode is with Mike Shirt and Lieb. Um, wanted to release this episode on Friday, but the weekend sort of got away from me, as it does. Um, so the episode is coming out today, on Sunday. Um, yeah, it was great to have Mike on again. If you haven't listened to the first episode uh, that we had Mike on, check that out. Uh, I don't think we really jumped back into any topics that we talked about in the first episode, but it was a, it was a fun recording. Uh, always love talking to Mike. Probably one of the best people you could talk to, because you could probably talk to him for hours. Um, yeah, great guy to have a conversation with. Glad he could do the podcast. I'm sure I'll definitely have him on again for an episode. Um, yeah, again, not going to recap I've mentioned that in the last couple episodes. I'll just let you listen. Um, And I hope you enjoy it. Uh, If you want to check out Mike's bands, uh, Mike plays in a ton of bands around Muskegon. As I'm sure most of you know, Flexidecibel, King Crab Apple, Short Hair Domestics, the Delta Decalactones. He plays with Biffy the Beat Slayer. And you'll probably catch him playing drums for some band somewhere out of nowhere he'll just hop on stage and play um truly one of the better musicians i've ever seen uh yeah i don't know i could say nice things about mike forever but i'll keep the intro short and just say a few that i've already said uh yeah anyways uh email danny.bruick.shows at gmail.com uh if you have any questions comments or suggestions please rate uh and subscribe if you haven't already uh give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts um new episodes coming out with brother adams and a couple of the guys in fairwin those are going to be coming out sometime this week um oh podcast recommendation uh my friend jake jacob bredesen he was on an episode of this podcast uh he started a podcast himself. It's called the Cody Wample Diaries. Um, and if you're not familiar, because the first time I read it, I thought Cody Wample was a city or a silly word. Uh, but I guess it means uh, to travel purposefully without uh, a destination, I think is what he said it meant. Uh, and it's just a basically an, a podcast sort of taking... Uh, record of his trip that he's on right now. He's on a bike trip where I believe he is riding up to Virginia or North Carolina. He's in Georgia right now. Uh, So if you want to listen to Jake talk about his adventures and sit and talk to people about their adventures, uh, Jake is one of the most inspiring people I've met. He just sort of goes for it and lives life the way he wants. And I think that's something we could all be a little better at. Um, so yeah, check it out. I, I believe it's on Spotify, and it should be most places where you listen to podcasts. I'll throw a link in the info uh, so that you can check it out. But yeah, no other things to talk about, I think. So enjoy this episode with Mike Shirtenly. Thanks. You, you know, being in a couple of bands at one time like can get pretty crazy, especially if everybody's active or yeah. whatever. And uh. It's been weird. It's been a weird summer because we had Tim. We lost our bass player right. over the summer, and so that we had all these plans, and then that kind of left us inactive for 
since then. I mean, we've practiced a few times and tried to write some stuff, but we just haven't been as active as we wanted to. But So that's been easier to focus on the hexing stuff. Mm-hmm. Provided not the greatest reason or whatever, but... Of course. Been able to focus a little bit more. But then with record while we were recording the van, like the brake lines were cut. And it was like... <sighs> 27 feet of brake line that was just bad and I didn't even realize that much brake line went into oh no I had no idea yeah which shows how much like you you should probably learn about the van that you're gonna Mm -hmm. be traveling with for so long but yeah just little things like that recording and we want to do some music videos and stuff like that also all of it's expensive man just everything costs money Mm -hmm. everything we were talking about it at practice and I couple myself and another guy we made the point about how it just stresses us out like it's it's not the reason we start writing music and stuff Mm -hmm. but then it becomes like part of the norm if you want to have some sort of following you want to put out some content yeah i mean you have to create media of some kind Mm -hmm. um even if it's just the songs themselves but it's the internet age you know right there has to be photos and videos and recordings and all that stuff and mm-hmm. yeah all of it costs money yeah. all of it yeah it's it's insane but at the same time you're kind of like it's one of those things where it's you're you're an artist you want to put out your shit but then you you think about all the other stuff you try to do and then you want to get you know your friend that's a videographer mm-hmm. or something you you pay them to do the video and so you you you're like you're perfectly okay with paying them because they're also an artist and they right. have to make the thing but you're then you're like oh these expenses are so crazy too it's a weird like i don't know i don't know the word for it but well i like that it's like kind of cyclical like that though like mm-hmm. in by the nature of playing shows or just being a creative person you end up meeting photographers videographers mm-hmm. graphic designers right and it's like if they're going to come to your shows and buy your merch right well, then you also hire them to do your video mm-hmm. and then people like it and maybe somebody else hires them or, right. you know, it is this all kind of symbiotic right. thing. I do enjoy that too. Cause I feel like we've in the, in the times that we've had people come on and take pictures or whatever. And like, we've, we've even had a photographer hit us up that we all really love their work, but we were kind of tight on cash. And so we were like, Hey, we love your work. We definitely want to work in the future, but we can't really do it right now. And they were like, Hey, no worries. I'll just take the pictures anyway. And then, you know, you can use them if you want that kind of thing. So (laughs) it still worked out. They still kind of did us a favor, but we still tried to recognize the fact like, Hey, Mm -hmm. we understand, you know, it's tough for all of us. And they, they got it from our perspective too. Like, yeah. Um, and to some degree that works out. It's, it's no different than like playing a show for free because it's a really cool show mm -hmm. and you just want to be a part of it. Right. If you take pictures and you like a band and you want people to see it work, it's like, Oh, don't worry about it. I'll Mm -hmm. still do it. Right. Like if it's, you know, the right set of circumstances Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, it it is nice to know that, yeah, you can meet people and sort of, there's always somebody there that's willing to help, even, mm-hmm. even if you kind of have to work together, or maybe, I, I don't want to say use each other's talents, but recognize each other's talents and see that they, if we work together that we can both benefit from right. sort of, some sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's really great, but anyways, thanks for doing <laughs> that podcast again, welcome oh, back. Oh, of course, man, I'm glad to be here. Um I do well now that we kind of started talking about that I kind of would like to hear uh because you're in so many different bands um that all have their own 
social media presence or whatever, do you think, like, what do you think your focus is on for each band? Like, is it a little bit different how you do your social media, say, for, like, Flexidecibel as opposed to, like, what short hair domestics might do in terms of, like, the content or how you guys promote stuff or... Yeah, um, so most of the Flex stuff I do, uh, and that's often just about, like we've had the good fortune to build a following. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that social media is about saying thank you to people and trying to be transparent. And like, we have a lot of fun when we hang out together. So, and there's a lot of kind of jokestery people in the band. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's good to take funny pictures of people or like goofy behind the scenes kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and because it gets a lot of response, I like really make a point to like tell people how much we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, with some of the other ones, I'm only marginally involved. Um, I do a little bit of short hair, but that's mostly Jay Stash, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a reflection of his quirky personality. Or I don't know if you see, it's like he's really into that, like kind of fifties. Martian vibe like old timey mm-hmm. stuff so I mean he goes out of his way and finds like the weirdest old advertisements and like he's mostly just posting weird stuff that he finds mm-hmm. um, and lately he's been posting a lot of song lyrics which I think is cool mm-hmm. and because the songs are so short right? as you know it's not some giant page long thing it's pretty easily digestible right? and and you know because it like changes over time like, I remember a time where to keep up with the kind of the way the algorithm thing was going on, we were posting like crazy from the KC Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I was going out of my way to like find everything kind of Castle King related. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sort of doesn't matter anymore. Or like just posting for the sake of posting doesn't really matter anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's not that I'm thinking differently about each of them. It's just more like what is working at the time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it it seems like most of my attention musically as well is on Flux. That's the busiest band, we're the most active. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that seems to like align with my voice of how I use social media. And then the short hair thing kind of aligns with Jay Stash's voice and Biffy does his own. And because KC isn't really gigging, hardly ever, I don't really worry about it. We're just kind of hiding in the lab and writing songs. Mm-hmm. And then if we were playing a bunch or had a bunch of stuff to promote, then it's a reason to use it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel obligated to like keep up with it right? unless I have something to say. Mm-hmm. you know. And it's probably nice to have just like maybe your energy focus mainly on one band because then you can put forth yeah that energy and make it count rather yeah than, yeah putting little bits of yourself into every project yeah. right right um, and the the music like making the music is still you know my my attention is when i'm in the room with those people that's where my attention is so for mm-hmm. working on short hair music that's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm doing mm-hmm. uh, on a Tuesday. 
And on a Thursday, if we're working on new KC stuff, that's where my focus is, you know? So it's just, I kind of compartmentalize like that. And I guess that's true with the business side of things or the promotional side of things. Like whatever it is that's in front of me, then that's what I'm thinking about, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, li- I like that too. I think, well, I mean, I'm only in the two bands, but it does sort of seem like that when it's, when I'm, it's meant for, you know, the time I need to spend thinking about is for Tim that's where my mind is focused on especially during practice or if we're kind of figuring out something in our little group message that we have you know like my attention is focused towards that and then it's the same with hexing too what what gets me is like I I really love writing songs and then when you get talking into all these other things like especially social media which I don't I don't really run any of our social media which is a complete relief to me because I don't <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it but um just like when you start thinking about when that like how that can be important or like putting a focus on that that I feel like that takes it away from writing the music for a little bit and sometimes I like it it can um I'm in kind of a weird personally it's kind of weird um I went to a tiny private college and I was there from like the end of 2003 to 2007 so I got a Facebook account when they like first it was just Harvard then it was Ivy Leagues and then they rolled it out to like private small EDUs so like I've had a Facebook page for 15 years Mm -hmm. and because it was so kind of central to the way students interacted and I've kind of watched all of the changes unfold um so I'm like, I'm kind of good at it or like, I kind of understand, like, you'll never see from my personal, you'll like never see me just like bitching about stuff or it's never personal drama. I like, I'm actually very conscientious about the things that I put out mm-hmm. and I try to make more content that I consume and all that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of only become natural that now with all this band stuff and like, I'm a writer, so making Facebook events or making posts that are worth reading, like all just sort of comes naturally to me mm-hmm. or if not naturally, I've been doing it for so long mm-hmm. that it doesn't really seem like an obligation and it doesn't even seem like, it doesn't seem like it takes my focus away from anything else. It's just sort of, it's just there and you just do it cause I've been doing it. Right. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like anything I'm like, oh, right, I got to make sure I thank so-and-so or send that message or, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes to my dismay, I'm a little too connected to it, but. But it is it is weird thinking about, like, okay, so say either of us were going to go post for a show. We're like, it, we make one post in a Facebook, but we're also competing with everybody's, every thought they had throughout the day. And people, you know, we, we're a meme scroll culture now. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's not a picture or something that catches somebody's eye right away, it's most likely just going to be scrolled over, you know? So yeah, I think you, it, it putting, I, or putting some sort of thought or making your post a little more geared toward, like personal is important, exactly. I think, yeah. But it, it's weird to, yeah, just because you're competing with, oh, I'm so bored. Or like, uh, you know, right. something like just that. Just a bunch of garbage. Yeah, so and it's, 
it's weird to think what people even care about on there. And you know, half the time, it's like you said, it's dramatic personal posts or Facebook politic drama stuff exactly. like that. Which kind of is also entertaining for some people too. And people get caught up in that too. So it's, it seems a little interesting. Also, uh, well, I guess while we're on that, as far as like, because it's like everybody, you have to have an opinion about everything now. You know what I mean? Like, and and I, like, I'm the same way. I don't try to talk about a lot of stuff on Facebook because I don't really think one one more person's opinion into the ether <laughs> yeah. of it doesn't really matter. But um, do you feel with your platforms as far as, like, your band goes, whereas, like, with Flex, that being, like, like you said, you guys are playing a lot of gigs. Your social media presence is probably a little higher right now, given the the summer that you guys had and everything. Do you feel like you sometimes need to use that platform to talk about other issues, or do you, like, do you do you find it easier to get a better reach when you use like the the musical platform to do so? I say, well, I have a couple of thoughts on that. Um, for the band in particular, like for the, the page or whatever, honestly, man, we're a party band. And the point is, I have a good time. Mm-hmm. And the songs are about fun things for the most part. And the whole, like really the driving force of the kind of music we make and historically the kind of music that has influenced us to make this kind of music is leave your baggage at the door, mm-hmm. come in and dance. And hopefully by way of a good time and, you know, a danceable groove, mm-hmm. you'll learn to love the person next to you, even if they're different than you, right? Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I don't want to promote or put out anything divisive. Mm-hmm. Even if I have strong opinions one way or the other. Um, you know, other than, like, every once in a while, I think we've, like, um, a couple of years ago, there was some, you know, whatever, somebody, like, that was too grabby at a show. Mm-hmm. And we put out a post that's, like, it's about safety and it's a good time. And if someone's messing with you, speak up, come to the front of the stage, we'll get that person out of there. Like, but that's not a divisive topic. Right. That's like a, this is how it needs to be. Right. And I think we can all agree. We can all agree. Something like, like that. Yeah. So I guess that kind of stuff is a platform, but no, I don't, I don't post anything political, on, especially from a band page and even from my personal, I don't, mm-hmm. um, like, I mean, like you said, the culture we live in is that like everybody has to have an opinion. And I am slowly learning that I don't. Mm -hmm. Or even if I have an opinion, I don't have to voice it. Or if my opinion is nuanced and can't be, you know, summed up in 20 words or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I would rather have a conversation with somebody about some contentious topic. Where it's back and forth and we can you know, ride the dynamic of that versus just being like, I believe this right. and slam it out there and then sift through a bunch of comments or <laughs> like, I don't know. 
It's it one of the best uh, gifts out there is those ones that you see with people and they have the you know the popcorn in the hand. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm only here for the comments and uh, those always make me laugh. But it is, it is interesting because I feel like it's always meant well. Like someone wants to put their opinion out there, but then it it does end up turning into this one person is you know somehow triggered by that because it's different from what they think, and then it's just you see it's two people, and then occasionally a few other people jumping in. Just saying mean things and making each other feel bad about each other, and it's like we don't we don't really need that sort of energy. No, especially from if like the music perspective, that's not a good energy to put out there, really. But then I do see a lot of bands that are just, they I think they're trying to hit that meme market, you know. So it's it's you'll you know, certainly memes, get a lot memes, of clicks. Memes. And oh, it's it's insane how many memes I see bands post at, in lieu of. Like their actual show posts, you know what I mean? I'll rarely ever see a, hey, we're playing here tonight or in two days or something. But that meme about loading gear in or something is in my feed with 20, yeah, 20 to 80, like some ridiculous number. Because mm-hmm. everybody, every one of their fans saw that. And it, like, That's a weird thing, man. It has changed the way we interact. Um, it has changed the way we think about things. But... Uh, again, because you know your opinions don't necessarily have to be polarized. Um, there are a lot of good things about it too. Mm-hmm. Or I've even found again because I've had an account for fifteen years. I've got like forty five hundred Facebook friends, and because I'm really conscientious about what I post, and because I want to ask questions and I want to prompt people to think about things, and I want to spur discussions. And the moment it gets out of hand. I've dropped the hammer on, I'll delete people's comments, I'll whatever. Mm-hmm. I do really do treat it like a platform and I want it to reflect even my personal stuff. I want it to reflect that I try to be a conscientious person. I try to be an accepting person. I want to have thought provoking conversations, not just about the topic of the day. Mm-hmm. Like I want to dig deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am very, very particular about the way I use it. And just kind of roll my eyes at all the people who don't seem to even think about what they're putting out there or getting in arguments and comments or all that stuff. It's like, those are, there are plenty of ugly sides, but I've made real life friends by way of social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that, as I'm sure you know, it's like all band people. Like if you see somebody playing a guitar in their picture, like click that button. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love that you can kind of get to know people before you actually meet them. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into a room and you're going to play with the band for the first time, you're like, oh, that's Bob, the guitar player. Mm-hmm. And you recognize his face or his haircut. And you're like, oh, hey, man, like, good to meet you in person. Mm-hmm. As opposed to walking into a venue and being like, all right, which guys in here are in the band? Right. That That was always my favorite part, uh, especially with, like trying to book the shows and like you have that one contact person who's in who also plays guitar in that band that booked the show at their house or something and yeah you kind of talk to them for like a month or so leading up to the show and you see their posts and they like I you know I'm sure a lot of who you message has to do with who ends up in your feed you know what I'm saying so definitely does you'll, you'll see their posts and then yeah it's nice to you you go to this house you've never been to a stranger's home for the first time but you have that person that you can pinpoint and you've already had these conversations with and yeah it makes it a little easier to sort of break into the or not break into that sounds bad like <laughs> but 
sort of, yeah, get your foot in the door. and You've, like, established the first couple of steps of the relationship Mm. at that point. Um, And, like, it's just kind of on that topic. I don't always do it. Uh, But I really, really try to, like... And, again, when you play in bands, too, people, like, send you requests. Like, maybe somebody saw you at a show, somebody you've never met. Mm -hmm. But I really try to do the, like... Hey, I think we're Facebook friends. Oh, okay. Like, if you see, if I'm in Unruly, and I see someone that I've never spoken to before, mm-hmm. but I see their picture or their name every couple of days in some social media feed, mm-hmm. go up and introduce yourself. Right. Like, break down that weird barrier that's like digital relationship, in-person relationship. Oh, yeah. Because there is a weird divide. People feel so bizarre about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't really talk about it, but I know I, myself, if I do see, yeah, for example, Unruly, that's where everybody kind of ends mm-hmm. up or goes. So you'll see somebody down there that, yeah, you're like, I know I like their posts on social media. I know I have, like, <laughs> I, we have things in common, but I've never actually met them. Is that going to be weird if I just go, yeah, it's a hard, like you said, a wall. It's a hard wall to break. And sometimes it is weird. Yeah. It kind of depends on the person, mm-hmm. just like any other meeting a stranger. But, but it seems like... Those are always the best. That's how you want to meet people, though, especially if you want to, you know, if you like what they're saying on the Internet, you want to form some sort of relationship with them. Yeah. Why not make it weird? That's an easy icebreaker. You know, you can acknowledge how weird it was. And then precisely maybe maybe that makes it a little bit easier, you know, rather than, oh, you have a couple of good things to say right off the bat. And then, well, now what do we talk about? Now it's weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. From here, you know, you might as well just, yeah, walk right up. Or at least, like, say hi or whatever. Yeah. I don't... I understand why it's weird, but I don't think it has to be. Mm-hmm. We talked about... When I had Jessica on earlier this week, we talked a little bit about, um, like, social media or just the the idea that it's harder for, like, us to have conversations with people now just because we're a little bit sometimes blocked behind our phone and sometimes it's easier to... Maybe not show who you are but it's easier to interact with people when they don't have to be right in front of you and it's not an immediate thing you have a little bit of time to think about what you want to say or react you know what I mean um but we also talked a little bit about the like like yeah like you I think you mentioned it earlier sort of it takes a day or two like so if you posted something really gross on Facebook will say that not a lot of people were about all you really have to do is stay off Facebook for two days and then somebody would already have something else that they're talking about you sure know? like that the cycle happens so quickly mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely true and that's some weird that's one of the things that I think affects us psychologically like just outside of just a phone or just a Twitter feed or whatever mm-hmm. like I think that that is related to 24 hours news cycle. That's related to fads. That's related to everybody's into a thing. They hear one bad thing about it and everybody turns on it. Mm -hmm. It's that like, it happens so quickly that the immediacy is crazy now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I read a book some years ago, one of my favorites and it was written before the internet. Um, so it's mostly about like television uh, amusing ourselves to death, public discourse in the age of show business. Hmm. But one of the things they talk about is kind of this timeline from like 
the printing press to the telegraph to the radio to the television. And it's all about speed. And it's like, if, you know, it's whatever, the 1800s and there's a printing press. Well, somebody writes a thing and sets the type and prints physical copies of the thing. And maybe you can mail it, but that's, they got to ride horses and put it on boats. You know, and it takes three months to get a letter from London to New York. And then there's a telegraph. So you can cover that distance that much shorter. Then there's a radio. You can say the same words simultaneously to thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And what we're looking at now is like, and eventually it was like, you know, three TV channels to a hundred to a thousand to there's something on 24 hours a day. And that's like even more extreme in social media, especially because it's like individual people. It's not even just a whole production you know, it's there's no geek, gatekeepers anymore. Everyone just says what they want to all the time. Mm-hmm. And there are more people in the world. More people have access to the internet all the time. It's like it just... The snowball keeps growing. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it fucks up the way we think about the world or the way we see what's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in that book, there's a whole bit about... Before the telegraph... If you lived in a small town, if there was a fire in the town over, unless you knew somebody that lived there, didn't really matter to you. Like, mm-hmm. sure, you empathize with somebody. And, oh, that sucks. Their town's on fire. Mm-hmm. But you don't really have an opinion about it. There's no reason to discuss it with your friends. But then, if that message can be transferred between the two places, oh, no, the neighboring town's on fire. Now our town's going to be on fire. Mm-hmm. I like just that. The speed of the thing is crazy and the reach of the thing. And now we're seeing the opinions of millions of people in real time, all day, every day. Mm -hmm. So like, how do we suss out what's important? Right. Uh, Well, yeah, and I think it's, it's probably, you know, case by case, like who thinks what's important. Obviously, if someone the UG on board, obviously that was important enough for them, you know, mm-hmm. as silly as it might seem to the rest of the world, like that's an opinion that they felt like they needed to post. It seems small and not important, but that you could say the same way or the same thing about a person who's posting about something that they actually find meaning in. But what, what gets me is like, it's hard to, it's really hard to point out now what is, is people genuinely caring about something or just trying to score that, you know, their points for the day or make make their opinion known so people can see it so that they think, oh, well, that person is, you know, they're a good person because they think that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think we've, with with social media and the way you say, like, an opinion can get out there and reach, you know, thousands to millions of people in, in seconds, like, we've kind of taken away the ability to sort of just have a moment you know, like where, like you said, like that, <clears throat> that fire in the town that would happen to that town would be devastating, but it would just be a moment and there's no really real documentation of it. Like for thousands of people to see it just was within that town. So they get through that moment, they move on. Whereas like your social media, that's forever. So yeah. even, even, even a year later, you're going to look back and see what you posted and then you'll relive that for a day or two, you know what True. I mean? Like, we've taken away our ability to just have a moment where we experience something and we don't 
immediately put it out into social media. You it's know? so bizarre, man. It's so bizarre. It is the weirdest thing of our generation. Mm-hmm. And it's so strange. There's, I mean, you could write volumes about all oh, the weird is like dopamine bursts from getting a bunch of clicks and likes mm-hmm. and how we're not really biologically prepared for those weird approval moments mm-hmm. or like you're saying about putting out a mundane opinion but then it resurfaces year after year after year or yeah. it's just crazy yeah and I know for me the the ability to look back on everything I posted eight years ago, two years ago, four years ago, whatever it is. And I look back at that. I try to look at it as like, a, okay, that clearly was important to me back then. And now having lived as much, having the experience I've had since then, it seems so silly to have even cared about that. So sometimes I think if you, if you use it the right way, you can sort of learn from it or maybe find some sort of benefit from it. But I also don't think that's how a lot of people use it to, mm-hmm. you know. Because, like, I'll, I'll look at old f- posts I've had from nine years ago, and it was, oh, I'm bored, or, like, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, silly yeah. things that I'm making fun of now, you know what I mean? But, yeah. Yeah, it just seems strange to me. I think you can learn over time, or at least if you see, like, like, I think a lot of people, because you have the ability to also cater your news feeds to yourself, too. They, they give you that ability. I just don't think they want you to know about it, or remember it you know because you if you if you really take the time you can just cater your feed to really be positive up, uplifting so i like things, twitter you know which is also a good thing you can sort of but even twitter now you know it has this person you follow like this thing or that's this, true you know and it has all these things which again you could probably cater to take out of it but a lot of the times yeah. you don't sit there and actually do it you know it's such a weird thing i think i think that People, well, and this is true of just about anything and everything. It's about just being conscientious. Uh, It's about deciding what you want to get out of it and how you want to use it. And not just falling into the way everybody else does or the way the majority might. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has as much to do with the, oh, I'm bored kind of posts. (laughs) Or... If you see something that really pisses you off and you start typing your angry response, just pause yourself. Delete it. Mm-hmm. It's not even worth it. Right. It's some stranger. Like, what are you really going to get out of arguing with a stranger on uh, in a Facebook comment? Mm-hmm. Like, very little. Yeah. I know I know. for me, I've gotten really good at writing and deleting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll do it all the time. I'll see someone and I'll think, wow, that is an awful opinion to have about something but it's simply because like it disagrees with what my point of view is and I'll sit here and spend all this time and then I'll stop and I'll and I'll think I'm like no I don't need to do this because I'm going to come back here in five minutes when someone posts their response yep still be you know have that anger in me and then it's only going to build if they write exactly how much time how much of your time are you going to give away to it how much of your mental energy or emotional well-being are you going to you know let a like let it affect. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's just a plat. It's a platform. It's a tool. It's great for promoting music. Mm-hmm. It's great for making friends. It's not great for our brains. It's right. not great for our sense of self righteousness. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, but it is what it is. So I'm I'm nervous because I just saw this other thing because it feels like you can do the Facebook itself, the Facebook <laughs> itself uh, has sort of become its own internet. Yes, really. like, absolutely has. And you can do virtually anything now. You can buy things, you can sell things. I saw a dating thing. Yeah, they feature, just rolled that out. And I'm thinking, wow, like you can literally, you could, you could live your whole life on this really if you wanted to or if you put that much energy into it. And I just, it worries me what is going to be the case. Like are we going to start ordering food off Facebook now that right. we have a million different ways to order food online right. and everything, you know, like it, it it can only be beneficial because obviously if you had one, one a one stop shop for everything that you had to do maybe that makes things easier but also it's kind of terrifying it's, abs- really it's definitely it. terrifying um and it yeah, worries me that in a year from now we're going to be you know we're going to be seeing doctors on Facebook which might also be a good thing but if you had the ability to see a doctor 24/7 on Facebook maybe that wouldn't necessarily be a good thing for anybody too because you, you'd be thinking you were sick all the time the hypochondriacs would go yeah. crazy for that and yeah it just worries me that we're not using technology in the right way I can't believe we've already done a half hour <laughs> yeah, talking about the internet it's a crazy thing man uh, let's switch it up a little bit and uh, get off social media sure uh, as we should all yeah. get off social media <laughs> a little bit right um, and let's let's talk a little bit about flex because it's that you know the summer's winding down yeah and it seemed like you guys have been playing quite a bit, Tons. hitting a lot of different places mm-hmm. and everything. Um, when did you guys start planning like your summer out? Did you know going in, like how, how soon going into the summer did you know, all right, it's going to be a big summer? Well, if I back up a little bit, it's like, so two years ago is when Marshall's son was born. Uh, and we spent most of that summer um, playing instrumental. We did some private parties. We did a handful of gigs. But it was like mostly just kind of make some money and keep making friends. <clears throat> and the whole plan was, okay, the following year, we'll hit it really hard. So we did. And we played a lot of like kind of West Michigan gigs, breweries. Made some headway. So then the plan for this past summer this summer that's winding down was like okay we've made a lot of friends we've got ends at these cool venues that we like to play we need to get out of state and we need to play festivals so like those were the two big things so we spent some time we did like five days four or five days in ohio i think that was the end of march Mm -hmm. um so you know the kind of winter months were spent working on that and a lot of these festivals the submission, like the applications are all during the winter, December, January, February. Um, so we filled out tons and tons of those and just submitted to as many festivals as we could. But those things like you don't hear back from them for a while. Right. So it just kind of became like, I guess we're planning it, but it also just kind of happens in real time where as stuff comes up, or as you hear back from this one festival, like, okay, cool, now that weekend is blocked off. But, okay, we heard back from this one that didn't accept us, so okay, now i got to book shows for that weekend. Mm-hmm. And, like, just all the puzzle pieces kind of fall into place. But I would say by, I mean, by, like, April, like, after we did that run through Ohio, 
it's like once it was kind of April and May, it was like basically through August mm-hmm. was taken care of. Right on. Um, and honestly, I'm going to be even farther ahead of a, uh, like out ahead for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because so Rob is also going to have a kid mm-hmm. here soon. So mm-hmm. we'll be spending the fall. We're going to play a couple of local shows, but we've got a record to finish and. You know, we don't want to travel too much in the winter, so we're going to kind of take that time. And I hopefully, honestly, hopefully by like February, we'll have a ton of festival applications in. We'll have the summer sort of planned out. We're going to try to be better about like actual strategy and not just kind of flying by the seat of our pants and whatever comes in, Mm -hmm. we figure out. Yeah, it's interesting like thinking of strategy and I only say this because my band is also like we're planning out the strategy as far as like you know we hopefully with the fall release and all the things we're going to do for that but it's interesting that you mentioned oh obviously you know with Rob having the kid you'll probably want to have the time so that he can enjoy that experience and have that but also it's fun you can always tell a band from Michigan or like right in this little area because you don't want to go anywhere December through February, just because it's a risk. You know, you, you don't know how it's going to be when you get the weekend comes up. We could have a huge blizzard, or it could be you know sixty degrees out. You never really <laughs> yeah. know. Um, but it's always fun. I think I, I maybe it's just me thinking about it, but you kind of notice like the bands that put out releases in the spring, or they start gigging again heavy in the spring. Just and it's always a lot of Michigan bands. Yeah. I feel like that's like a pretty common thing. I had that very conversation with uh, Jay from Chirp last night. We were talking about how sometimes it seems uh, like desirable to like, oh, well, if we lived in Florida, you could just be gigging year round, you know. And he does like not only does he do the band, he does like solo acoustic shows as well. So patios, restaurants, all like outdoor kind of stuff. Yeah. But we were talking about that maybe there's a lot of benefit to that sort of season-enforced cycle mm-hmm. of, like, gig like crazy in the spring, summer, even into the fall, and then just hunker down yeah, and write music and record music and instead of being on that kind of constant gig grind where it's always, okay, well, in a week we got this and then in two weeks we have this and, oh, that's a special event, so we got to learn that song and... All this, like to be able to really pause, have an empty calendar, and like just work on new stuff, mm-hmm. or just really like have just have like a season of lab time, right? Yeah, I think it can really only be beneficial, even if it doesn't seem like you don't initially see that, like that's not your plan, maybe going into it. Because we we took the winter off mostly, I think we maybe played like one or two shows that got offered to us here and there. But we, we didn't do anything, so that gave us plenty of time to write and focus. And, like, you know, we were ready with a, a six-song EP by the time the spring came around. So we played, I don't know, what maybe, like, four shows in the spring, recorded the EP. And then once we were all done with that, we decided to play a couple more shows. Keep just sort of maintaining your relevance over time. So where you're, you're gigging a little bit, and then you're doing something that you can show, hey, we're working on this right yeah. now and keep keep that relevance, give people something to look forward to, sort of. Because now that we did these shows, we, could, we, we reminded people that, hey, we're still playing shows, <laughs> yeah. and then we're going to put out all this music and then hopefully play shows after that. But yeah, I think you can use that sort of time off to be 
beneficial for it to be beneficial not only to get work done but yeah you can kind of use social media to show people that you're hey we're still doing this it's just behind the scenes right now and when the snow melts you're so ready to be back gigging Mm -hmm. that it's like all right like it's march like let's get back out there Mm -hmm. you know you kind of you relieve yourself a bit of the grind of gigging, which is, I mean, I love, like, playing live is absolutely my favorite part about all of it. Mm-hmm. But it's also travel and time and tiring and all that stuff. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm enjoying, like, my first weekend off in months this week. Yeah. yeah, that has to, because you guys did, I think, last weekend? That last weekend was Labor Day weekend correct Mm -hmm. and you guys played i think i saw it was traverse city no we so we did the um or maybe it was something else yeah we did a thing called arts beats and eats in royal oak on sunday the first okay uh we played the unruly anniversary party that saturday and i played with a singer songwriter named sadie J that friday okay yeah so it was three in a row okay um and it's been a lot of that all summer. Did you guys do something in Traverse City recently, or am I thinking of something? Oh, uh, we haven't been there in a while. Maybe I'm thinking of, like, Chirp or something like that. Probably. But, yeah, sometimes. I want to. I haven't played yeah. up there in a long time. Um, but, yeah, I see you guys, like, these weekends that are always so filled, and I, like, we just did two weekends in a row, and I know, like, by the end of the show that we played the last one in Grand Rapids, I was like, oh, I'm so glad we don't have shows this <laughs> weekend. Um, because it is fun, and you do look forward to it, but it, it like... You know, last weekend we did Ferndale on Friday and then Grand Rapids on Saturday, and I got home from Ferndale at 4 a.m. and then woke up, you know, 9 a.m. to get my yeah. day going and then be to the Pyramid Scheme at 5 to play that show, and then you get home at, you know, 2 a.m. from that show. and <laughs> That's the life, man. And it's, That's the life. Oh, it's it's so fun, but then you when you, even just doing it two weekends in a row killed me. I couldn't yeah. imagine, like, having a whole summer sort of dedicated to just music and then and i'm sure you hear it all the time hardest working drummer in i guess man in, uh, i just love it michigan so. but yeah it seems it seems like your calendar is always like constantly filled and i think we kind of touched on this the last time that you were on which i meant to listen to the episode oh right so we're not discovered i i should have too and I, I didn't do it so if we're talking about the same thing again i guess you know forgive me the listener <laughs> but uh does that just like that overwhelming feeling to fill up your calendar. Does that sort of, does that still get to you at times or is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think about it constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in fact, because we're taking this kind of chunk of time from sort of October on, uh, I don't want to say time off from flex, but time off gigging with Mm -hmm. flex. I'm sort of faced with this decision of like how much do I want to try to hustle the other projects mm-hmm. or do I want to take advantage of the time off and I mean I'm still going to be playing music but should I just be jamming with friends should I you know get some of these ensembles together that we've talked about making music for years and never had the chance to. Should I be booking Decalactones? Should I be booking Biffy Band? Like, you know, I'm I'm actually staring at that right now mm-hmm. of how much... Because Flex does the most work lately in these last couple of years, that's the main focus. 
of like and because like snowball effect because we play a lot it's the easiest band to book mm-hmm. um so I, yeah I'm kind of, I don't I don't really know how I'm gonna approach the rest of the fall mm-hmm. uh I've got a couple of things in the works but it's definitely less dense than I'm used to right. at least over this past summer mm-hmm. um but maybe that's okay too right yeah it seems like and I think even I've I've definitely said this on the podcast before but it's it's one of those weird things where it's like I feel like if it's an empty calendar it stresses me out but then once the calendar starts filling up I'm even more stressed out cuz now I now it's a thing where it's it's okay this is definitely happening now and all my energy is going to go into that and especially with like the podcast I noticed like I made a post and it was like hey I want to do this again started to get a ton of messages talking to a lot of people <clears throat> before I know it seven episodes on the calendar like okay this is the day we're gonna do it over the next like two three weeks and I'm like oh this is really exciting but now I'm overwhelmed it's like oh shit what did I get myself into and and it's one of those things where like yeah if it's on the calendar I probably don't want to do it but if it's on the calendar I probably enjoy doing it so it's one of those things yeah it's weird and uh and then and then like even for instance today you know I knew we we were going to do this like a week in advance we talked about it we got the time set up and everything and even even that hour leading leading up to it i'm like what are we going to talk about what right <laughs> like what in it and it, now that we're doing it it's like it's fine is, yeah this is it's great. totally fine we're just sitting here having a conversation yep. but yeah and and it's i think it's weird cuz you you want to spend all this time being creative and doing things but in and then I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to have such a full calendar that we forget that sometimes having an open day isn't necessarily the worst thing either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get better about that. Um, and uh, cause I do the thing where like, I really beat myself up for taking time off. And that's not that I, to say that I don't take time off or I'm not like some productivity machine all day, every day. Like I watch plenty of movies you know, like I'm also just hanging out sometimes drinking beer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I say like intended to spend my Monday evening on a bunch of productive stuff, but I'm exhausted when I leave work and don't do it, I'm going to bed like, ah, damn it. Mm-hmm. Like could have done so much, but I'm really slowly getting around to like, if you're tired, rest yeah (laughs) like though it seems like kind of a simple concept Mm -hmm. or again being okay with some open dates or Mm -hmm. you know that it's not that big of a deal to have a friday without a gig Mm -hmm. like yeah and you never think about rest as being something important because i think like i said we condition ourselves to think that if we're not doing anything it's a waste of the time that we have and really it's not but it 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 could also be the best use of your time because if you're grinding 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 it out eventually that's going to catch up to you too and then you're going to have one of those days where you can't do anything when you need to Mm -hmm. and you won't be your best self maybe that day because you didn't take the time to sort Mm -hmm. of chill at one point when you could have you know yeah yeah, I mean, I feel really great about, I spent Friday evening, uh, kind of super soft, like secret rake beer opening, hmm. uh, like they're not actually open for business, but they had some people down there testing some beers Nice. and I went to that new Berlin Sprig distillery for a little while, okay. hung out with my lady, hung out with some friends. Yesterday I went to Grand Armory to see Chirp 
Hadn't seen them in a while. Watched the band, had a good time, met a couple new people, went and hung out at Fritchie's house for a while afterwards, and really got to sit and talk with a couple of the Chirp dudes, who I love dearly and see a few times a year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's a, that's a great way to spend a weekend. Right. And I slept in today, and here I am having a chat with you. I have no idea what I'm going to do when I leave here. Right. Play some drums, make some food. I don't know. Right. But, like, I've had obligations every day for so long. that it's like, oh. Like, I feel recharged about it. I feel like I have rested or am that much more excited for the festival I'm playing next weekend. Mm-hmm. Or to get back into rehearsal mode over this week and finish the tunes I've been writing and all this stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Time off is okay. Right. It's okay. Yeah. yeah I feel like... Yeah, just having, getting to that point where you can realize, yeah, that the time off is maybe what you need. Because I, I know for me, like, even just having book shows for that long, I would have two, three shows a week, you know, maybe five a month, you know. It went two, three shows when it was real crazy, when everybody was trying to come through Michigan or whatever. And it would it would stress me out. I'd be like, I have no time to do anything, you know. and I, And it was always fun, but I was still constantly stressed and not getting things done in my own life not giving myself that time to accomplish those things and I noticed certain parts of my life were starting to outbalance themselves and you know fall sort of by the wayside I guess maybe but now it feels like if I have nothing to do on a random Wednesday and and it it maybe feels weird like I should be doing something I'll just you know just see what happens you know and I'll let I'll let the day sort of unfold itself Mm -hmm. and usually by the end of the day, I'm pretty satisfied with what I've done. Yeah. Or even if I didn't do anything, you know, that's still... You've got to find something positive about that. You know? mm-hmm. And I, uh... There's always something to do. Always. I mean, that's kind of my mantra, right? Boredom is a myth. And that doesn't mean that being idle isn't okay, or watching movies, or playing video games, or whatever. But, like, there's always something to do. Mm-hmm. Whether that's Call your mom, or do the dishes, or read a book, or draw a picture, or play your instrument, or learn a new instrument, or mow the lawn, or, or, or. It could also just be, like, take a nap. Right. But they're all things to do at any moment of any day. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if they are idle or relaxing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I... I'm again getting better always everything's a work in progress but like thinking more and more along those lines about making choices like if I'm at work on Monday and I don't have a rehearsal after work and I'm tired and it was a gig filled long weekend and I'm just dragging ass like be conscious of I'm gonna get out of work I'm gonna eat a delicious meal and I'm going to play a video game until 10 p.m. And then at exactly 10, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to try to go to bed early. Mm-hmm. Or what, like, and not just, uh, it's a free night. I'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, still, even if it's chill stuff, like, trying to be aware of what you're doing and why at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um Again, even if it's not productive, even if it's not creative, mm-hmm. like, because I feel, I feel like that ultimately makes its way into your kind of productive, creative life. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you can decide. Well, like we were talking about, about uh, the, your attention being on what you're doing in the moment. And it's like, if you're going to get together with Austin to talk about the types of shows you want to book for Hexing, well, the 10 minutes before, the whole time during, and the 10 minutes after, you can be like, this is what I'm doing, and I'm doing it for a reason. And then when you're done with it, it's like, cool, close the, close the lid. Right. And like, now it's time for dinner. And do that. Mm-hmm. And like, now it's time for hang with my lady. Do that. Like, I don't know. Presence is important mm-hmm. and difficult, but... I think, and, and what I've kind of been thinking too... Oh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, how all these things, like when I, when I have a day that's maybe not so busy and I think about, oh, wow, am I just going to waste this day doing nothing? When you think about it, all the stuff that you are doing, you don't really have to do any of that. You know, anything that you do isn't really anything that you have to do. Even like how you mentioned boredom is, is not a real thing. Yeah, it's not a real thing. None of this is really real. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Really all you have to do is like eat, sleep, and shit. Yeah, it's just all stuff that we've sort of created in our own ways to give our lives meaning. So when we when we think of boredom, it's not it's the fact that we're not doing anything <clears throat> and that crushes us because it makes us maybe subconsciously think of the reality that we really don't have to do any of this. So now I'm in this space where I would have been had I not thought of all the stuff that I uh-huh. learned that I liked over time or that I wouldn't have thought existed if someone yeah. didn't think of it before me years ago. That's an know? interesting way to think about it, that like that that unsettling feeling of there's nothing to do is some weird kind of internal reflection on like, well, anything I could do doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Or it's, um, it's kind of existential in that way. It's something I think about all the time. Like lately, at least in the last year or so, like I can't, I can't help but think sometimes, especially when I think that I'm not doing anything, well, I don't have to do anything in the first place. So maybe the fact that I'm not doing anything is just where I'm supposed to be in that moment because that's where I would have been anyway if we hadn't created all the stuff that you could do sure. or learn in society, you know what sure. I mean? Like, why do we, why do we know what musicians are? You know, someone one day just decided to make noise mm-hmm. and they loved it so much and other people enjoyed it, but nobody would have, like somebody had to come to that conclusion, you know what I mean? And is? a million years later, we're obsessing about, oh my God, I've got Saturday night without a gig. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that, yeah, to think way back at one point, People just did nothing or they, all they did was eat, sleep, shit. You know what I mean? That was all you needed to do Mm -hmm. to survive. And now we have so many things at our disposal that the -hmm. idea that we could have nothing to do is somehow just the worst, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Or what, or when, at least when I, because so a lot of my like, whatever, boredom is a myth because there's always something to do and the world is vast and interesting and there's always something, but I, I like to, or I need to make the distinction between, um, it's the, uh, there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm doing nothing and I'm okay with that. That's wonderful. That's great for you. Daydream. It's so good for your brain and your body to just rest and let your thoughts wander. That's how we get creative ideas, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the, 
it's the being, it's that the only thing you're thinking about is how you're not doing anything like, or you're upset about it. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, there's uh, it's like the Bertrand Russell thing about like fruitful monotony. He talks a lot about this, like this idea of positive boredom, Mm -hmm. you know, stare out the window of a train. Like that's great, Mm -hmm. but that's not boredom. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah, it's, it's about, I guess it's about the way you feel about it Mm -hmm. as opposed to what you're actually doing. Right. Um, I mean, and even, even like you said, staring, staring out the window at a train can be beneficial because you can have all this time to just sit clearly and think about something, even if it, even if it is just looking out a window, you know what I mean? Um, and that probably all stems back to putting the phone down a little bit too and having time to sit and think clearly too. Yeah. Just letting your mind wander, I think is great. Or, um, even like practicing an instrument, sometimes it's great to be really militant about what it is you have to work on and sometimes it's good to just kind of noodle around right and ideas come out and right and letting conversations meander in a thousand different directions without really any clear intent uh the difference between a casual conversation and like a business meeting Mm -hmm. or yeah i mean that kind of stuff is wonderful yeah yeah, and it's funny, the conversation, I feel like the conversation we just had meandered in a thousand different directions, like you said. Yeah. We didn't have a said topic at all, but here we are talking about, you know, we we somehow found our way to this. You right. You know what I mean? All right. Well, okay. So we can completely cut off everything we've been talking about now, because we're almost at an hour. All right. I want you to have a couple minutes to promote some stuff if you want. I'm probably going to put this out, like, Friday of next week. Okay. So if you want to um, promote anything. Jeez, what do I have coming up? Uh, next weekend is this great little DIY festival called Groove On Up. Uh, it's right outside of Ann Arbor. Um, I think now tickets are like 40 bucks unless they're the $25 tickets through like today or tomorrow. Um, but by the time this comes out, that'll be done. Um, I'm really excited about that. Man, uh, my schedule's slowing down. Um, 21st of September, Flex is at the Grand Armory Anniversary Street Party. And then we're doing a bunch of shows with a band called Trino Leaves, Ohio on Friday, Mount Pleasant Saturday afternoon, Ludington Saturday night, Tip Top Deluxe Sunday afternoon. Nice. Um, that's the 27th, 28th, and 29th. And man, that it, it's real chill for a while. <laughs> right um, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to try to get back into blog writing. Nice. I'm going to practice a lot. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's cool. It'll be a weird fall. Yeah. But... Much like we were talking about, I think I'll have to like relearn how to chill or like make myself stay home on a Friday night and not be antsy that I'm not playing and, mm-hmm. you know, turn back inward a little bit instead of just trying to be out there all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be great. Yeah. Well, good luck with those shows and thanks again for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Podcast. It was fun. Had this cat to pet the whole time too. <laughs>